Good morning. So our first reading is taken from Isaiah chapter 55, verses 6 through 9. while he may be found. Call on him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake their ways and the unrighteous their thoughts. Let them turn to the Lord and he will have mercy on them and to our God, for he will freely pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our Gospel reading today is taken from Matthew, chapter 14, verses 13 through to 21. It can be found on page 991 of our Bibles. Hear the Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. When Jesus heard what had happened, that was John the Baptist had been beheaded, he withdrew by boat privately to a solitary place. Hearing of this, the crowds followed him on foot from the towns. When Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them and healed their sick. As evening approached, the disciples came to him and said, This is a remote place and it's already getting late. Send the crowds away so that they can go to the villages and buy themselves some food. Jesus replied, They do not need to go away. You give them something to eat. We have here only five loaves of bread and two fish, they answered. Bring them here to me, he said. And he directed the people to sit down on the grass. Taking the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and broke the loaves. Then he gave them to the disciples, and the disciples gave them to the people. They all ate and were satisfied, and the disciples picked up twelve basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over. The number of those who ate was about five thousand men, besides women and children. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Lord God, we thank you for your word, and we just pray that we would have hearts that are open to receive to hear from you as you speak to us through your word today. Amen. Please be seated. I'd like to begin by sharing with you one of my major pet hates, which is clutter. And interesting, I've come up here and I've just, I just feel like I'm surrounded a bit. Um, To be fair, I probably started out in life as a bit of a hoarder. I used to collect everything and anything. There's postcards, thimbles, coins, stamps. I can remember going shopping with my family 
uh, going around the supermarket and just picking up every leaflet that was about. I mean, back then, uh, we weren't so environmentally aware, environmentally friendly. There seemed to be loads of leaflets all around the aisles, and I felt compelled that I must pick up those leaflets. And I would leave the shop with like a whole stash of these, um, these bits of paper. Uh, do we have any other hoarders in the house? Yay! <laughs> Confession is good for the soul. Hold on, guys. <laughs> but now I am at a stage where I cannot bear clutter. And you know, when I do my daily, weekly house clean around the clutter, I don't feel that I can get rid of any of it because it's not mine. <laughs> and cleaning around clutter and dusting over the clutter. Is, is quite a thankless, soul-destroying chore, really, because it doesn't look any different once you've finished. And once, during my weekly, monthly house clean, <laughs> I, I composed a song just in my mind, yeah, I just I composed a song just to try and lift my spirits a little bit as I was doing the cleaning. And the song was titled, There's No Clutter in Heaven. And it was a really good song, it had, um, it had a chorus and it had verses, and in hindsight, I wish I'd you know, written it down, all I can remember is one line, one lyric, which was, my Lord doesn't hoard. Right? It was like, which is something that kept me going. However, good news, Jamie, my husband and I, have come to a place of decluttering. Right? It's a very exciting, very inspiring and slightly cheeky story as to how we have arrived there. <coughs> Excuse me, and I don't have time to share that with you today. But we've arrived at this place and really pleased to be there. <clears throat> we started by tackling the study. Now, the study is a small room and we have shelves with loads of files on. And so I took out every file and went through every file. It took all day. And we were piling up bits of paper on the landing. So I had paper to be recycled, cardboard to be recycled, bits of plastic, things we were going to put back. There was so much, there were mounds of stuff. In, in, on the landing. I just couldn't imagine actually how on earth would that all fit in the study. But it did and now it's out of the study and the study is a much better working place for it. But in amongst all the, the rubbish that we were going through, I came across some real gems, some things I had that I'd forgotten I had and some special things. And I'd like to share with you three of those items today. So the first one is uh, this double CD. Now, I thought I had lost this at least a year ago. It says, Be still and I will seek your face. Uh, it's beautiful arrangements of worship songs performed on classical guitar, which provide the perfect setting for intimate moments with God. A really special CD, which I used a lot, and I thought I was convinced that it was in um, my Tuesday Open Church file, because Tuesday Open Church, we used to do a lot of meditation, and I used to use it. For that and I was convinced it was there and I did that thing, that bizarre thing, and I'm sure I'm not the only person who does this, where I was convinced it was there, I looked through the file and it wasn't there. Weeks later I thought it's in that file and I would go back to that file. I did this a few times convinced that it wasn't, it's not, it wasn't in that file. But actually it was in the study and it was in the file. I just needed to go five files to the right and one shelf up. It was in one of the, the youth files, one of the many youth files. So I just needed to think um, a little bit wider, a little bit higher. I just needed to think a bit bigger, and I would have found it originally. The second gem that I want to share with you. I mean, you know how children come out with the most adorable things? Yeah, the most, they say out of the mouths of babes, don't they? 
And my boys, so our boys are now um, 16 and 14, the big lads. But when they were babies, when they were toddlers, they used to come up with such funny things. They used to have me in stitches. And I, I intended to write those things down and keep them, keep a record of them. Please, I just want to advise you, <laughs> do do this. <laughs> um, and I wrote a few down, but I didn't keep it up, unfortunately. You kind of think, I'm never going to forget them. They're so funny, but you do. So, um, but I did come across just a few that I had written down. I just want to share this one with you. So this is Luke, aged three. He's a little toddler, really cute. Um, and he, he came into the lounge pretending to hold, holding something in his arms. And Jamie asked him, what have you got there, Luke? And Luke answered, a birthday cake. It's my birthday. Wow, and how old are you? Four. There are four candles on my birthday cake. Are you going to blow them out and make a wish? Luke nodded excitedly and pretended to blow out his imaginary candles. Jamie asked, what did you wish for, Luke? And Luke answered, a bigger cake. (laughs) (laughs) So that's Luke as a toddler learning to think bigger. Now, the third item I came across that I want to share with you is tucked, in a work, tucked away in a file um, that I'd been given years ago. And I don't think I'd ever even opened this file. I certainly hadn't come across this before. Um, but when I saw it and when I read it, it broke my heart. Um, Helen's got a, a picture here on, she put on the screen so you can see the picture. Okay. Um, so it's a photo taken by a freelance photographer called Kevin Carter. And it's uh, it's got a short report with it, which I'll read to you. Kevin Carter's Pulitzer Prize-winning photo, taken in 1994 during the Sudan famine. The picture depicts a famine-stricken child being stalked by a vulture. The child is crawling towards the United Nations food camp, located a kilometre away. No one knows what happened to the child, including the photographer who left the scene as soon as the photo was taken. He later confided to friends that he wished he had intervened. Journalists at the time were warned never to touch famine victims for fear of disease. Three months later, and only weeks after being bestowed with the Pulitzer Prize, Kevin Carter committed suicide. This journalist, this photographer, had a big dream, a big vision to win the prestigious Pulitzer Prize. And that's huge. And he did it. And he was aged just 33. But there was a bigger picture. The life of a child, and in fact his own life, were at stake. In Isaiah 55, um, we read earlier, I think we can put that on the screen now. The Lord declares, As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Just think, read that through again. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. In our Gospel reading earlier, We read about the disciples seeing the problem 
of 5,000 hungry men, plus men and women, plus some children and women, so it's probably about 20,000 hungry people. They saw the problem and they wanted to send them away so that they could go back to the villages and buy themselves some food. But Jesus teaches them, he teaches us to think bigger, and he takes the loaves, he takes the fish, he looks to heaven, and then he provides enough for everybody and more. And throughout the Bible, we are taught to think bigger, to try and just get our heads around the fact that we have a big, big God. If we look to the Old Testament, to the story of David and Goliath, we have that whole Israelite army, big, strong men, all armoured up, looking at the size of Goliath, convincing themselves that they can't possibly win. And then we have a little, small shepherd boy, who looks to the size of his God, and he's convinced that he can't lose. He says the battle is the Lord's. And what about when God instructed Moses to send 12 of the leaders of Israel into the promised land of Canaan, to just explore it before they entered? Those 12 men came back, but there were two very different reports. 10 came back reporting, we can't attack these people. They are stronger than we are. All the people we saw there are of great size. We seem like grasshoppers in their own eyes. And we looked the same to them. Sorry, we seem like grasshoppers in our own eyes. And we looked the same to them. Oh dear. Caleb and Joshua, on the other hand, saw things very differently. We should go up and take possession of the land, for we can certainly do it. The Lord is with us. Do not be afraid of them. You see the difference? Caleb and Joshua had faith in a big God. But because of the others, because of their fearfulness, because of their lack of faith, because of their, their lack of trust, the Israelites had to wait, wait a further 40 years before they could enter the Promised Land. Author John Ortberg says that when we make the mistake of shrinking God, we offer prayer without faith, work without passion, service without joy, and suffering without hope, which results in fear, retreat, loss of vision, and failure to persevere. Let's just hear that again. It says that when we make the mistake of shrinking God, we offer prayer without faith, Work without passion, service without joy, and suffering without hope, which results in fear, retreat, loss of vision, and failure to persevere. You know, I see all that stuff, all that, that fear and that retreat, that loss of vision, that failure to persevere. I see that as clutter, stuff that clutters our hearts and our minds, clutters, clutters our very souls. And they're also part of a vicious cycle. Because we see, if we see God is small, then our souls are filled with this clutter. And if our souls are filled with this clutter, then we see God is small. And if we see God is small, it goes on and on. Maybe we could consider today having a declutter of our souls. To recognise with all that we are, that as the song says... Our God is a great big God. To get our priorities 
our dreams and our vision in line with the will and purposes of our great big God. To not allow the world to be telling us what is important, but to listen to God's voice through his word, through his people, and through his spirit. Instead of living with fear and retreat, loss of vision, that failure to persevere, we can be praying with faith, we can be working with passion, we can be serving with joy, and we can be suffering with hope. It all depends on how big our God is. Let's pray. Lord God, enlarge our vision of you, we pray. That we would have the faith of David, Caleb and Joshua. Recognising that you are bigger than the promises of the world. You are bigger than the mountains that we face. May we be a people that prays with faith, works with passion, serves with joy and suffers with hope. Amen.